see, we're either working or toiling or expending our time and energy to prove our existence or we're co-laboring with God in the pleasure of his presence and his purpose. So human religion says, I obey and I work and therefore I'm acceptance. But the gospel says the work is finished. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. This pattern of Sabbath rest has been around since the beginning of creation. So that's the first thing I want you to know. God created Sabbath rest. God created this idea that we're discussing. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis 1, the very first words of Scripture say, In the beginning, God what? Created. We worship a God who is the creator. And God created all that is. With his words, God spoke into existence everything you see, the, the skies, the seas, the animals, and yes, even humankind. We are created in the image of God. You bear the imago Dei, the image of God in your life. God worked for six days creating Then it says in Genesis 1 and verse 31 that he saw everything he had made and it was very good. And then there was evening, morning, the sixth day. But that's not the end of the story. Chapter 2 begins, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work. He had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So let me see if I can paint a picture for you for those that are slower to understand. God worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And then he rested. Six days he worked. And then on that seventh day, he wove into the pattern of creation this concept of rest. Think of all that God did by breathing out into this world the words of creation. Breathed the world into existence. Eventually, he breathed a life into Adam, into mankind. And then he finished and he (sighs) caught his breath. He breathed in a season of rest. Now, why? Is it because God got tired? What do you think? Did God get tired? No, don't answer yet. Let's just look to what Scripture says, because Scripture is never going to contradict itself. In Isaiah 40 and verse 28, it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. We just read about that. He will not grow, what? Tired or weary. He didn't rest because he was tired. He, He rested just to take in that which he saw was very good, that in which he 
delighted. So, you've got three verbs there in chapter 2 and verse 1. We see that God finished, God rested, and then God blessed. By the way, this is the third thing that God blessed. In all of the Bible, God blessed the animals. God blessed humans. And then God blessed time. He blessed this seventh day. He he blessed this day of rest and he made it holy. God is saying there's something about this season of resting. There's something about this time that is sacred, that is holy. And if you don't understand that, if you miss out on what God is saying here, you miss out on something holy. Rest is woven into the fabric of the universe. All of our understanding of time is built around this story. Do you understand this? That even evolutionists, even atheists, they look on their calendar, and on their calendar they find how many days? Seven days. There was once an attempt to do away with this. It was during the French Revolution, 1793. They wanted to change everything with the rational calendar. They changed it to a 10-day week. That would make more sense. Everything is based on tens. Three weeks in a month, 10 hours a day, 100 minutes in an hour, 100 seconds in a minute. They hoped it would raise productivity, but the result was depression, higher suicide, and lower productivity. It lasted 13 years, and then they went back to seven days a week. Because God ingrained that in society. And if that is true, if if rest is ingrained in our humanity, if it's ingrained in the universe, when, when you fail to rest, you are going against the grain. And sometimes it may be helpful to go against the grain, but as someone once said, when you go against the grain, you often get stitches, or, or you, you often get splinters. You need stitches. <laughs> Let me just ask you, are you going against God's grain? Are you living contrary to his created order? Are you asking for trouble? God created the Sabbath rest, but the next thing we see is that that God commanded the Sabbath rest. So I just wanted you to point out in, in Genesis chapter 2, we're just seeing that God modeled this pattern of rest. But in Exodus, something begins to change. We, we first see the Sabbath mentioned actually in Exodus 16. When it talks to the children of Israel who have come in all this time of wilderness wandering and, and God is saying to them, hey, are you, are you honoring this idea of the rest? And then in chapter 20, in the midst of what is called the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments deals with the Sabbath rest. Look in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. What does Sabbath mean? Rest. What do we say? Stop. To cease. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. 
but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Interesting. This is the longest commandment. It's the only one that's a spiritual discipline for spiritual formation. Just think about that. Prayer. You believe we should pray? This means yes. Not one of the commandments. Bible study. Do you believe we should study God's word? Not one of the commandments. But the Sabbath is. It's the most mentioned command in the Old Testament. But I would say it's the most overlooked of all the ten. Because I would suggest to you that we recognize if, if we were to say, hey, let's leave here and let's go hold up the 7-Eleven and kill somebody, you'd be like, whoa, pastor, we can't do that. And yet we go through our lives without understanding and contemplating and applying this principle of Sabbath rest. So if this is a command, then we have another question we need to ask. Are you obeying this command of God? Are you remembering the Sabbath? Oh, by the way, let me tell you what the Sabbath is not. It's not just saying, relax, right? And it's not saying, go to church. So I think what we're doing in this time together, those of you that have physically gathered together here, this is important. It's an, it's an obedience to another thing Scripture tells us to do in the book of Hebrews, which is forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. We need to do this. In, in our Sabbath rest, worship corporately is certainly a part of what we do, but it's not ever intended to be everything we do. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So are you obeying the command? I hear all kind of things when it comes to resting, and some of these I've applied uh, to my life. I, I've heard people say this. Well, I'll just rest when, I dead, when I'm dead. There's too much to do. Well, okay. Not sure that makes a lot of sense, but okay. How about this one? Have you ever heard somebody say, uh, well, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather burn out than rust out. I heard that as a young pastor, and I began to apply that in my life. I really did. I heard a preacher get up, and he said it kind of like a, bless God, uh, uh, there's work to be done. We need to keep people out of hell. And I, I hear people talking about vacation and retirement. You don't find retirement in Scripture. Well, bless God, I, I'd, rather, uh, rust, I, I'd rather burn out than rust out. I began to apply that, and one day I began to think about it. Well, I, do I have to do one of those two? Are those the only options? 
I hear people sometimes say, well, the devil never takes a day off. Okay. He lost. Um, And he's the devil. (laughs) I mean, really? So what about it? Are you obeying the command of God? It's easy to forget that we should do this. And so that's why Scripture says, remember the Sabbath. And it's the only command that tells us why. Because we, it's grounded in the creation order of God. So what do we do? Let me just make it real practical for you before I let you see some of the words of Jesus. I think God is reminding us that we must take moments of intentional pause in our life. We put everything else aside. We put the cell phone down. Maybe where we disconnect social media. Depending on what your struggle is, maybe we turn the TV off. And we just rest. But we also delight. That's what God did. When we're told to remember what God did, he's reminding us that he delighted in this opportunity to rest after the work. That, that's what God wants us to do. He wants our work to fuel our rest, not our rest to be something that we just can't wait to do because our work is so miserable. You think that's the way it should be? I sometimes see teachers on social media, like the day after Christmas, they're, they're saying, only 200 more days left to the end of school. And then they're counting it. Is that existence? Is that what it should be? Like we're just miserable? No, our, our work should bring us joy because we're doing that in the image of God. And then our work fuels our rest. We look back and delight in what we've done. And then in our rest, we worship. We just worship him. We think about how good he is. Worship is more than a service, isn't it? It's not simply a place to which we go. Worship is this lifestyle, this air that we breathe. It's that principle from 1 Corinthians 10, 31, that whatever we do, everything is giving glory to God. So God created the Sabbath rest and God commanded the Sabbath rest. But but then we have to ask, yes, but... What about Jesus? That, that's the thing we hear from so many of our friends, right? But didn't Jesus change everything? Is it, is it still applicable? I hear that about giving. Uh, when people talk about the tithe, they say, yeah, the tithe was in the Old Testament. And it was. It was one of the first things that God instituted. Do you realize that? That one of the first things that God did is God said to his people, hey, in an honor of what I've given to you, out of those first fruits, give to me a tithe. And from early, way back to Abraham, the tithe, a tenth of what came in was given back to God. And and so people look at that and say, that was the Old Testament. But what about now? What about Jesus? Well, did Jesus speak to it? And the answer is, yes, he did. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, you've heard that you should tithe. Good, tithe. 
Just don't stop there. So Jesus commended it. What about the Sabbath? Is this something that was just Old Testament? Is this something that, yeah, it's in the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments, but it's not important to us? Can we push that aside, or is this something that Jesus wants us to do? Well, we find this story in Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. You see, God created the Sabbath rest, and God commanded the Sabbath rest. But here in the New Testament, we see Jesus commending this idea of Sabbath rest. Jesus is not only saying that this is something we need, he's reminding us that God, in that creative order, when he instituted this rhythm into the week, he did that for you. He did that for me. What Jesus says in Mark chapter 2 is so radical that it's after this that Scripture says that they left and began to plot his death. Why was it such a big deal? Two things. One, what Jesus said spoke to the futility of religion. And maybe you need to hear that today even as it relates to this idea of Sabbath. Religion on its own will never be enough. And some of you, man, you're resting in religion and you're wondering why you're tired. You're thinking about all that you do for God. And you follow the rules. And you go to church. But you're weary What you're discovering is that religion is never going to be enough. Jesus didn't say, come to church and I'll give you rest. He didn't say, go into ministry and I'll give you rest. He said, come to me. And so it not only speaks of the futility of religion, it speaks of the finality of Jesus. That he's where it is at. Jesus himself is always enough. Jesus is saying something radical here. When he says, hey, the Sabbath wasn't created just so that you would have a law to follow. The Sabbath was created for your enjoyment, for your blessing. And then he says, and by the way, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. This is why they freaked out. This is why they begin to plot his death. Because Jesus in human flesh is saying, it was me. I was there speaking the world into existence. And I worked 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 and I worked. And then I rested. Luke 10, Jesus puts it this way. 
He says, I, I was there when old Lucifer fell out of heaven. These are the things that got Jesus into trouble. Jesus would say things like this in Matthew. He would say, I kept sending prophets and you, ne- you wouldn't listen to them. See, Jesus was saying when he said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, he he was saying, hey, it's all about me. And and when you come to me, you will get rest. He was changing the way we look at the law, the way we look at life. And this change is still out there today. Everybody in the world looks at life and the law in one of these two ways. We're either resting in the gospel of Christ or we're relying on human religion. You remember the difference, right? Human religion says, if I obey, then I am accepted. And the problem is we're constantly working to be accepted because we consistently fail to obey and we're always weary. I I think of that movie, Chariots of Fire. You've probably heard the story from preachers other than me in addition to me. And we talk about that main character, Eric Lindell. That runner who said, I believe God made me for a purpose. He also made me fast. So I feel his pleasure when I run. What a great story. But the other character in that movie is a Jewish Englishman named Harold Abrahams. As he was about to step onto the track, he says, I'll raise my eyes and I'll look down the corridor four feet wide with only 10 seconds to justify my whole existence. And just just think about living that way. I wake up this morning and I've got to justify why I deserve to live another day. I I go to work and I've got to justify my worth or my value. I'm in my marriage and I I have to justify why I should be loved. Is that what this life is about? No, Jesus changed everything. You see, we're either working or tolling or expending our time and energy to prove our existence or we're co-laboring with God in the pleasure of his presence and his purpose. So human religion says, I obey and I work and therefore I'm acceptance. But the gospel says the work is finished. You can rest in Christ. You've been accepted by him. So now you can obey. That's God's pattern. He worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And rested. When Jesus went to the cross. He did the greatest work that's ever been done. He gave his life. For you. And then notice what scripture says. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. We read this a moment ago. Around the Lord's table. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. When Jesus finished his work, he rested. 
And that's why he can say to us, come to me, all of you. You're weary, you're burdened. I'll give you rest. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9, here on Faith Talk Tampa.